1: Here he is for Sean Jackson.
0: Ah, yeah! You know what that is? Part-time love. Part-time lover. I'm working on you. I'm working on you, Terrell. A I'm a little better. I'm working on you. Yeah, you get better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, real. Yeah. We in here hyped up. It's Nick. <laughs> just got off the phone with Coach McBride. The best ever. Man, the best that ever do it. I wish we'd bring him back as a consultant just to, just to have his knowledge, just to, to, to have somebody that has been there and done that. I that think man would, put fear in help. my heart. He, he put, put fear in everybody's yes. heart. Whether he was on offense or defense. Coach McBride put fear. Just that look he gave you. He made you fear.
3: If you messed up, the look you got coming off the field.
0: Gosh, I didn't get him to do go big red or run it again. (laughs) That was something you'd been talking about for weeks. Run it again. You wanted to get him to say run it again. Run it again. It's, It's engraved. His voice Tell him the offense, because I was on Scout team for two years, so that meant we ran almost probably two, three thousand plays against the black shirts, but I can hear him say run it again.
3: Was you scared when he said
0: run it again? I wasn't scared, but I wasn't stupid either. Yeah. And I know if he said run it again, y'all knew his black shirts, what the play was. You knew where it was going. And me being the guy that I was, I was not gonna run it. In the same hole. I was going to cut that thing back, and Coach McBride would just come unglued. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I'm like, Coach, they're not going to do that in the game. They're not going to run into, into – there's nothing there. I got to cut that thing on the outside. Blackshirt still came and they swept big time. But now is the time <laughs> for Adam <laughs> Carragher Law. <Love. laughs> Big fella, Adam Carricker. Tough Talk Tuesdays is already back to us again. What you got for us, big fella?
2: Oh, man, we can talk about anything you want today, Vershawn. I even got a little extra time today, more than I normally do, if you'd like.
0: Oh, boy, we get you for the whole next segment, man. Terrell Farley's in the building with us. How you doing, Adam?
2: I'm good,
0: man. How you doing? I'm doing good, brother. We just got off with uh, Coach McBride, and I know I went and did some, some studying, and you had a nice, very nice interview that I listened to about three or four times with Coach McBride. Um, he's a, such a legend in the coaching world. Wouldn't it be nice to get him just to come back and consult?
2: Yeah, I do think that would be nice. I don't, I don't. I certainly don't see a downside to it. The guy's been around, seen a lot, had an insane amount of success, was part of the group. You know, Nebraska's trying to get over a certain hump right now. Uh, he was part of a group that was able to get over that hump, and he was the main guy that helped him do it.
0: Changes, 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 big fella. What? Defensively. I, I want to start there. Defensively. Will we compete at the highest level like we did this past year, or do you think it'll be a drop-off because of the players? We've got 18 linebackers on scholarship. I want to say 14 or 15 defensive backs. I haven't heard how many defensive linemen, rush-in types, of
2: big fellas. Because, listen,
0: you play in the Big Ten, you better have big fellas. What are you
2: hearing? So, actually, I just interviewed Jojo Doman. I literally asked him that same question. I said, hey, man, Cam Taylor-Britt's gone. William's gone, the secondary. Yourself, Ed Stilly. Damien's moving on to the NFL, the nose guard. And, you know, he talked to me about how he was back in Lincoln, you know, about a week ago. He's training for the draft now. He, like, he met, you know, he went to Reimer's house. Henrik, a lot of those guys were getting together. And Nelson was there. And he's just like the vibe that was in that room when he walked in. Like the close knitness—I don't know if that's a word—it is now the close knitness that he felt on that knitness. group and the look in their eyes. I like <laughs> I feel that like word. a grandma knitting kn- knit a sweater. Knitness, or that's sweater. not what I mean. Um, he's like, it was unlike anything he felt, and he's like, hey, you know, the advice he gave them that he told me was, he was like, you know, my senior year, he's like, I wish I would have done this sooner, but I really took ownership of the team, the program, the state, and I took that leadership role. He goes, I wish I would have done it sooner. And his advice to them was to do it now, especially where they've got multiple years in front of them. So, you know, the vibe that he got that he relayed to me was that linebacker core, they still got to find some pass rushers, as we know, was very good. Um, Who's the me, guy, though?
0: Who's the guy? Who – if we – okay, take Reimer out of it. Take Reimer out of it. Take Nelson out of it, okay? Who's
2: the guy? Who you look Like the guy that going to the defense? yeah. We just took the two main guys out, dude. <laughs> I mean, because, the because they already been there. Who else? Well, those would be the two main guys, I think, until somebody else steps up. Okay. It'd be nice to see a pass rusher step up. We brought in God knows how many guys in the secondary through the transfer portal this year. Somebody's got to step up there. You know, the D-line, he mentioned that the polar bear was there. Uh, the nose tackle was there. Um, so he's a guy that's obviously starting to get in the mix a little bit. Last year, I felt that, I mean, we know the special teams was not good. The offense was not consistently good. The defense kind of had to carry the team, and I felt like at times, like I think back to the Michigan game, I think to some other games where we gave up a lot of rushing yards as the game wore on because the defense wore out because they were consistently just back out on the field. What would help the defense this year is if the offense produced more, and the offense did more, and it wasn't so much on the defense because I don't know personnel-wise at this moment in time If we don't have the experience, and I don't know at this moment in time until we see some people hit some people in pads, that we have the same type of personnel we had on defense a year ago. But it would sure help if it wasn't all on the defense and the offense and special teams helped out a little bit.
0: Offensively, how how do you think we've done? How's that going to work? I know I saw some pictures today of uh, Casey Nelson or or Casey Thompson. And let me just tell you, bro, that dude is jacked up.
3: Yes, he is.
0: He's jacked up. Now, if, if, if your quarterback and leader is getting after it, and he was there with Big Yant, so I was happy to see Yant there, but if your quarterback and leader is getting after it, how infectious is that on the team?
2: I think it's incredibly infectious. I mean, you, you played on the offense. You would know as well as anybody. You know, you need those leaders to step up. I mean, it's funny. You know, I coach, I'm coaching kids right now, sixth grade football, and there's a kid on my team his name is Merrick. The kid's got type 1 diabetes. He has every reason in the world to not be able to play any sort of sports. But he's on my son's Jacob's baseball team. He is the spark plug of that team. Everything kind of revolves around Merrick. It's crazy. He's the catcher. And so when I asked him to join my football team, he's small. He's, he's got to wear a patch that monitors his diabetes at all times. You know, he's got to have this bag that I had to be educated on in case something happens. He joined my football team, and I didn't know if he'd be the same because when you're getting hit, it's a little different. The exact same thing. Everybody rallies around that kid, and he has earned their respect as the smallest kid on the team with the most to overcome because of his attitude. I mean, you guys know as well as anybody. You need someone you can rally around, and if that guy is Casey Thompson, I mean, that's as good as anything, especially where the quarterback's supposed to be the leader of the offense. That could be big.
0: How big is this spring, and what are you looking to see As far as spring ball and spring practice?
2: Well, everybody's going to be watching the quarterback running back battle. Casey Thompson, you got Purdy, you got Smothers, you got Heinrich Harburg, who I still think is uber talented. You got Anthony Grack coming in at running back, you got all these running backs. Hopefully, Yant starts to put things together as far as understanding the scheme a little bit better because the physical tools are there. Uh, You know, me personally, I mean, that's what everyone's going to watch. Me personally, can Omar Manning step up, you know, at the wide receiver spots? talk about vocal at the tight end spot certainly looks the part Uh, the offensive line I don't know how much Pahoska is going to be able to do with his injury but we've got some Juco guys coming in from Oklahoma State northern Colorado guys who have started at times how are they going to gel because I talked about the offense and special teams affecting the defense well Shoot, the O-line affects everything on offense. So, personally, that's probably what I'm going to be watching as much as anything, is how do we replace guys on the D-line in the trenches and the new guys on the O-line? How do we how do we step up and hopefully play better?
3: Now, Adam, you say you talked about special teams. Now, do you put the best 11 on special teams, or do you put the top backups?
2: I think it's a mix. I think it sends a message when there's starters out there. I do think it's also a great way to get some of your younger, less experienced, talented guys on the field and get them a way to impact the game as well, especially if they may not be ready to take on the whole defensive or offensive package. I like a mix. I love Frank Beamer, Virginia Tech. Beamer ball. Yes. And they have not been the same since he left. Mm-hmm. And he coached the special teams. He put starters on special teams. It, it helped change that program and turn it around. And they, like I said, they ain't been the same since he left. But I've always liked the mix because it does send a message when starters are out there. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, when you put your best you put your best guys in and, and with the mix of starters and guys that can do <clears throat> what you're asking them to do, it puts you in a better position because special teams is worth seven to ten points. Mm-hmm doesn't matter where or what school, high school, little league. It's still worth seven to ten. And, it, you know, the funny thing is, well, it's still worth seven to ten points. doesn't matter on what level you play. If there's some special teams going on, you better have the best guys out there doing it. When we talk quarterbacks, because you, you touched on this, but Coach McBride touched on this as well. Let's say your two quarterbacks that has been in the system wind up third or fourth. Do they stay or do they go?
2: I mean, in today's world, the the way things are in the transfer portal and the way things tend to be viewed, people tend to transfer. That's just how it tends to go. Um, I I like what I saw out of Logan. I don't know of all the quarterbacks in that quarterback room on scholarship at this moment in time, and I never overlook walk-ons, that's for sure. But I look at his skill set and what they did in the Iowa game the way they built that particular game plan was perfect for his skill set. And I do think we're going to see a blend of Whipple's pro-style offense kind of blended in with Scott's spread offense a little bit. Um, but I don't know that his particular skill set, which he is talented at, fits that offense as well as maybe some of the other guys in that room. But that's that's where we'll see what happens in practice too. You know, Maybe it's a situation where you got a guy you can bring in you know, and you can, you can have a little special playbook for him as he comes in if he's able to show he can do certain things and maybe a little one-two punch at quarterback. I, I've never been a fan of a two-quarterback system, but even the Raiders, they bring in Mariota, uh, Mariota on certain things, third and one, fourth and one, red zone, and he, he was very effective, but everyone knew that Carr was the starter. So I don't know if you do something like that, if Logan shows what he can do. Maybe he wins the job outright, um, but, you know, People tend to, to transfer and go elsewhere. And In their defense, they didn't commit to play, you know, maybe in this particular offense. So we'll see what happens. Switch- I just want the best guy to win the job. I don't really care who it is.
0: Switching gears a little bit because I want to get what you think about this. Uh, NFL playoff game, overtime rule. <laughs> Do you like it
2: or you
1: don't? You know.
0: Or does it matter?
2: Um. I'm conflicted. I've, I've seen a ton of. I just watched a video where Mark Schler, he's about the only guy I've seen defending it. boo-hoo, Bills fans learn to play defense. Hey, there's something to be said for that, too. You know, you had the game wrapped up with 13 seconds in, in regulation as well. How do, you, how do you give up that? Plus, they go right down the field the first possession overtime. You got the number one scoring defense, you got the number one total yards defense, and the last five minutes you gave up like 1,000 points. So how does that happen? You know, for me, I'm conflicted. Football is obviously so tough. Because basketball, you can play five minutes, and you're probably going to have a winner at the end of it. You know, in hockey and soccer, you can do a little overtime period. If it doesn't work, you can do a shootout. Um, I don't know how you do those things in football, because you could very well end up in a tie. You know, the college overtime rule is are interesting, putting the ball up to 25. And I know they, they've changed a few things. you got to go for two. I think it's the third overtime now. Um, You know, that's one way to do it. You tend to get scores like 70 to 63, like LSU and A&M a few years ago. But it's probably the most exciting way to do it. It's probably the most fair way to do it. Um, I have said, you know, if neither team gets a first down in that scenario and one team's got a good field goal kicker and one doesn't, you know, that could favor that type of team uh, because you're already at the opponent's 25, which is a 42-yard field goal. The way it is now in the NFL – I mean, part of me is like, man, if you can't stop a team from scoring a touchdown, Thank you don't you. deserve to win. Thank you. So so part of me says that. Part of me says teams are built – some teams are more built on offense than defense. So if you put their weaker unit out there, you know, maybe that's not fair. My gut still says if you can't stop them from a touchdown, it's kind of on you. But I'm in the minority, I think, now. Maybe you and I are in the minority, Rashawn. Or I don't know what Terrell thinks.
3: Well, yeah. well I'll probably just leave it like it is. It's been that way for over 20 20- – Probably longer than Nah, years. I think they just
0: changed it not too long ago.
3: I mean, whoever scores first. I, I,
0: I'm, I'm saying, though, I'm saying, okay, is it unfair that the other team didn't get an opportunity? Because to me, that's the rules. You knew that when you started playing that mm-hmm. those were the rules. So all the fans that's crying about that, I get it. But those are the rules.
3: I think and that's it, why you flip the coin just to see who's gonna I
0: agree with I, I agree with the big fella. Adam, if if you can't stop somebody, you deserve to lose, period.
2: Just so like let that. me play devil's advocate, and that's just simply me playing devil's advocate. What if you're a team you drafted like a number one quarterback overall, a left tackle, a wide receiver, a running back, and you're built on offense, and it just so happens your weaker unit gets put out because of a coin toss, and you lose because your strength, which you built the team around, which is your offense. And I'm not saying this is what I think, but it is an argument that could be legit. Never got to see the field. What are your thoughts on that? Just you, because of the way the coin was tossed.
0: You lose. Okay, give you a quick example. I was in a little league game, and it was a game. It rained real hard. These are, these are third graders. We go into overtime, okay? Overtime in Little League, you get the ball, I think, on the five-yard line or ten-yard line or something like that. You get four downs to try to score a touchdown. So the coin toss came. We won the coin toss. Our better. We are better at offense than we were at defense. But I thought I wanted to play defense first and get a stop. Well, hindsight's always 20-20. The, the team scored on us and then we end up not scoring. Well, if i mean if i had to do if i had to do over again, 10 out of 10 times i would have put my offense out there and we would have scored. And so it, i couldn't be mad at anybody but myself. But if you if if that's the way the ball bounces, you're going to flip the coin. At at the beginning of every game you flip a coin. Okay? That means you got a 50-50 opportunity for if you got if you're good on offense, for them to be out there, if you're good on defense, for them to get out there. But it's your call. If you win the toss, if you don't win the toss, then you gotta you gotta stop them. I'm just not a fan of making excuses. I'm a, I'm a fan of, of of those are the rules. Let's play by the rules. You can't stop anybody.
2: You lose. I don't know. In your situation, it kind of just sounds like it was the coach's fault. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was, it, it, that's my point. It, I was the coach. I did not play to the strength of my team. I was thinking something different at the time. But I'm saying when you have a, an opportunity to put your strength out there, you do it. You know, if you didn't have the opportunity to put your strength out there, uh, that's just the breaks, okay? Okay. But me, I had an opportunity to put my, my strength out there, and I didn't do it. That's a coaching era. Me as a coach, I accept responsibility for that, and I move on, and I learn from that because if it ever happens again, I know what to do.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I guess, no, I, I agree with you. Like, if you, if you can't stop a team from a touchdown, I was just playing devil's advocate earlier. I, what, I, what I'm assuming is people are going to try to advocate for the college overtime rules now. What do you think of that? Would you keep it the same way, or would you change it to the college overtime rules in the NFL? I
0: I like the college overtime rule because, you know, it's fair. Mm -hmm. It's fair. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I would would love to see the NFL do that, but they're not. It's fair. So I would like to see that. I don't know if we're going to see that, but it it would be nice – you know what I mean, that each team has if, – if it is overtime, that each team has a, a, a good chance to, to win. If I score, you got an opportunity to match my score. I, I do like that. I think that's the way it should be. My point is that ain't the way it is. And so let's, let's stop talking about it because at the end of the day, when you score a touchdown, you get six points. You don't get five.
2: Extra yeah, point is true. still
0: one, not three.
2: So why do you think they they won't change it or they don't change it?
0: I can't necessarily say I, I I'm not I I, I don't know because it's the NFL and and the NFL they do things the way they want to do things.
3: I think it's because they don't want to make the game any longer than they have to. You know the game is already long. Still so get paid though. Like, they don't uh, care. They, they just want the money. Time slots on TV too. It's a lot of different scenarios that goes with this though.
0: I tell you what, big fella, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, you tell me why you think they should change it or not. It's the cap Sounds good. The ticket, ninety-three point seven. Turn it up, Nick. You got You
3: dancing now, huh?
0: It's getting cold in here, man. Yeah, man. You had to
3: Look, he had the air on like fifty, didn't he?
1: That's Nick That's running cool. us out of here. Meat know, we cooler. tropical people, man, Nick? we we tropical gotta, people, Nick. We got to keep it cold in here because with so many dudes, the airflow is very limited. Uh, uh, a little man. funky funk mm-hmm. funk up in <laughs> the, the airflow face. is very limited. We got to hey, keep it cool. Hey, welcome
0: back. It's the ticket, 93.7. I'm the captain. I'm with Nick. I got Terrell on the phone. Is the big man, Adam character Sider Heyman text line, 464-5685 if you want to get in. Same number on the Honda the hotline if you want to get in. Big fella, I had to look some stuff up on the break. And here's what I'm going to say. According to a database, right, there have been a little over 160 overtime games under the current rule. That rule's been in effect since 2010. For winning the overtime game, including the postseason, the team that got the ball first – has won 52% of the time. The team that kicked off won 42% of the time, and then the other percentage in between those are ties. So, I – it's still 50-50 ball. That's right. You got a little bit better percentage if you get the ball, but it's still the NFL and – Unless you're even Brady, I mean the great ones, Brett Favre, the ones that win, and you know you hate to put the ball into their hands and with with two minutes two minutes to go, but defense wins championships, and if your defense can't stop, you don't need to be there anyway. Big fella, who you like to go to the, the Super Bowl?
1: Oh man,
2: I like. Well, I want to root for the Bengals because of Zach Taylor. And, man, Joe Burrow has been light out the past five games. Last three games of regular season, two games of the playoffs, he's played really, really well. Um, I didn't know it was possible to be sacked nine times and still win a NFL playoff game. That is amazing <laughs> to me. Um, maybe offensive line is overrated. I don't know. Um, I mean, that blew my mind. Uh, but I'm probably going to go with the Chiefs in that one. Um, the NFC game, man, that's, that's tougher for me because the Niners have already beaten the Rams twice this year. Uh, I'll always tell people it's really hard to beat the same team twice, especially if they're a good team. But if you've already beaten them twice, I kind of wonder if maybe they got a little bit of psychological edge over the Rams going in for that third one. You think? Uh, that, that being I, said, I'm going to go with the Rams. But okay. those are well, my tentative picks.
0: That, I think those are pretty good picks just because it's hard. It's hard to beat a team three times from from my perspective because in in back when I played basketball we were we had a really good team in state we had played Burke when they had Alvin Mitchell and we beat them twice in the we beat them in the Omaha Metro we beat them in the Holiday tournament and then we get to state and they beat us so i i'm with you i like i like the rams at Kansas City i think it makes for a pretty good super bowl uh, and and you know i mean the rams are going they're going to travel well cuz they ain't got to go far
2: yeah, that's for sure. I think that'd be a great Super Bowl. I mean the Rams have got names that everybody knows. Stars Galore, so to speak, and then everybody knows obviously Patrick Mahomes and Hill and Reed and all those guys in, in KC. So I think it would be an exciting, interesting Super Bowl to watch. The Niners, if they get in, I mean I'm rooting for Daniel Bullocks, my former teammate of coaches of safeties there, man, they are not an exciting team to watch. Uh, they run the ball and they play great defense, which is which is great. Um, but if you're looking for an entertaining game, they're, they're not that conducive to that type of a game. But I am rooting for Daniel, though.
0: Who wins the Super Bowl? Let's say it's, it's Kansas City and St. And uh, I was going to say St. Louis and the Rams.
3: I think Man, that, the Rams. That's a tough one for me.
2: I did not thought much about that. I mostly thought about who was going to get in. Something, something tells me – I mean, the Rams are built now. What do they give away, 80,000 draft picks to give Von Miller, and now he's got like six sacks in the past five games. Like, they're built to win now. OBJ starting to wake up a little bit, get a little better rapport with Stafford than he did with Mayfield. Um, with Woods going down, he, he's starting playing well. I'd probably go with the Rams, but, man, I think it'll, if that is the game, an exciting down-to-the-wire game, probably a lot like what we saw with Buffalo Chiefs on Sunday.
0: How smart was that getting Vaughn Miller? I can't believe oh, that. I mean, that doesn't even make sense to me.
2: No, that was that was. A, I mean, you got Von Miller and Aaron Donald getting after the quarterback on the same D line. You got Ramsey in the secondary. So no, uh, that immediately once Miller got healthy, it took him a while to get healthy. That immediately was a game changer for them.
0: Nice, Terrell. Who you like? I like the Rams. I
3: think they got a great defense. Shit down corner. Uh, just oh, Kansas City got. They got a great offense. No defense to me. I don't think their defense is that great. Uh, I just see the Rams winning it all.
0: Jessica pavy Barnes says, VJ and DP, the Captain show is absolutely fire. The guests are amazing. Listen every day. Can't miss it. Y'all got me laughing and crying every single show. So, let's get back to Nebraska football. <clears throat> Have we done a good job to you, character? In the transfer portal and with our
2: NIL? I think they've done a great job with the transfer portal. We needed a quarterback to transfer in for this competition. You got two talented ones. We need somebody to step up at running back. I think we had talented guys to begin with, but now you got the number one Juco back. And the more I watch him, the more I like on film. He doesn't just run people over, he runs five people. He's got mm-hmm. a good combination of everything. We need some people to step up on the O line. You definitely brought in some, some big fellas there. Um, you don't need a ton of wide receiver, but you brought in Trey Palmer, who is a returner, just like Anthony Grant. You got a couple of returners. You got speed with Palmer at receiver. Defensively, they haven't done as much outside of the secondary. They brought in a ton of guys there. Um, I think my concern on the defensive side of the ball is who's going to step up on that D-line, because okay, a couple guys are gone from last year, and are we ever, for the love of all that's holy, going to find someone who can get after the quarterback? Uh, those are my big concerns on defense. But I think we've overall done a good job to this point. we just got to figure out how to put it all together. because It's a lot of new pieces, new coaches, new players, new pieces. How well are they going to Joe, and how quickly can they do it?
0: Do you think Caleb Tanner is playing out of position?
2: So, last week you mentioned they moved him to D-line. Did I miss this? Did they move him not, to D-line? Not
0: D-line. I, listen, to me, if, you're, if you put your hand down, you're on a defensive line. That's just what I feel. You're a your defensive end. That's just me. I'm saying he he put his hand down, right? Sometimes? Or was yeah, he just out there on he's the. I in their
2: nickel packages. He's still technically outside backer as he's listed. Am I correct?
0: Yeah, he's listed as an outside linebacker, but I would like to see our outside linebackers at Nebraska. We talked about this with McBride. You know what I mean? When you think the Trev Alberts of the world, you think, you think who still leads. Nebraska and sacks. you know that's an outside linebacker to me when I I mean there's a size difference between Trev and Caleb Tanner more of an outside linebacker is the Jamel Williams type the uh Levante davids the the Terrell Farleys those are outside linebackers if that, that's just me help me if I'm wrong
2: well, so I think it can, it can differ, obviously, from scheme to scheme. Like uh, in a 4-3, you know, Levante, obviously, Terrell, you know, they were, they were great in that. When you get to a 3-4, the D linemen tend to get bigger, and the outside backers tend to be a little bit bigger just because uh, they're helping a little bit more in the run scheme, like taking on a tight end, like on the line of scrimmage and then getting after the quarterback in a non-blitz type of situation more often. Here's what I know. Garrett and Caleb, or whoever wants to, obviously they want to, but whoever's going to step up, we need some of those guys to step up and get after the quarterback, because it's been a long time since we could get after another team's quarterback without having to blitz and put stress on the secondary, which, I'm an aggressive guy. Like, you know, like I said, I love to coach youth sports, and basketball we're pressing, and football we're blitzing, and baseball we're stealing everything under the, we're stealing every base we can. I like, that's just my mindset, but You know, you've also got to be able to mix it up and, and, you know, confuse a quarterback, and obviously just be able to drop into coverage without always putting everyone on an island. How
0: how do you do that one on one, though, big fella? What 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 has to happen in order for us to get some guys getting some sacks? What has to happen? You
2: you just said it. You got to win the one on one battle. Like that's that's why recruiting is so big, and obviously with the transfer portal, that's changed a lot because guys come and go a lot more frequently than ever. But if, if you can win the one-on-one battle – so I'm talking to JoJo in the interview, and we were talking about the senior bowl because he was invited there. And I was like, man, every Crow Scout is going to watch Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday's practice. They're going to leave. Nobody gives a crap about the non-padded Thursday, Friday walkthrough, and nobody really cares about the game. They want to watch one-on-ones Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wide receiver, DB, D-line, O-line. Because if you can win a one-on-one battle – That makes that coordinator's life so much easier. We have not had a guy for quite a while who can consistently win a one-on-one battle and get pressure on the quarterback. Why? On his own. Why? Why? Uh, Is it lack?
0: Lacking technique. I see a lot of guys, yourself included. You were technique wizards as far as your hand fighting.
2: So what I saw last year, there's not a lack of effort. Like Garrett Nelson plays like his hair is on fire and his entire body. It's not a lack of effort. Um, what I I actually did a show on this probably about two months ago, you know, your get off has got to be great. I watched, Oh, um, DeMarcus Ware. I watched him get so many sacks just on his get off alone. He would be one yard in the backfield before that offensive tackle's foot ever moved and he'd be by him. And then he was done. It starts with your get off. Next is your hands and your pad level. And number three is your finish. The guys on the Husky, like, so there is pain is a good get off. We have guys with a good get off. I don't see anyone with an exceptional get off, except for maybe Payne from time to time. He doesn't play as much. so It's hard to judge. I don't, if we could improve the get off, the finish is there. The effort at the end is there. The biggest thing I saw was guys being stuck. Like, okay, I'm getting off the ball. Now I'm into the alignment. And now I can't get off of him. I can't get his hands off me. I can't get around him. I can't knock him backwards, I can't push pole, I can't I'm stuck. And then the ball's thrown and then I run a million miles an hour to the ball, which is great, but they get they get stuck at the second step, which is the hands, which is the pads, which is being able to out technique a guy and get their hands off of you so you can get by them. What
0: and what did, move do you use? I haven't use? seen that. What move you do you use? What's your favorite move?
2: So my uh my favorite move I actually learned from a walk-on guy, Tyler Tolene. He's got one of the biggest heads I've ever seen on planet Earth. Tyler Tolene. Yep. You know Tyler? Yes. yes. He's got He's a brother, brother head, that right? played too, right? I say that. Yeah, his brother boyfriend. played with us. Tolene played
0: with us. And he had yeah. a big head.
2: Yeah. So, anyways, I had to throw that out there because if he hears this, that'll be great. He'll be sending me a text shortly. <laughs> um, but, anyways, he would use this head, and he would ram into the old lineman, grab the back of their jersey, and then he'd like pull himself away and slingshot himself through. And I'd never seen that before. And Tyler, you know, gave great effort. Maybe not the best physical skill set you've ever seen, but I would see him win one on one pass rush moves with that move consistently, and it blew my mind. So I always liked, for me personally, if I could get by you with with my get off, um, that was that was the easiest thing to do. But I was like bowling you and then if you're if you're still sitting back on your heels i would try to run you over if you lean forward too much i try to snatch you on your face like to me it always kind of started there but then i incorporated i'm going to ram you with my head because i got a big character cranium as well (laughs) grab the back of your jersey and slingshot myself through and so those kind of became two of my three favorite moves i try to spin move a man my size should not be doing that um so it didn't work too well uh, but that was kind of my big thing. I was going to knock you backwards, see how you reacted. What you wait with that? Was that I? I could probably pass rush with my eyes closed most of the time. Not that I did, but because I was feeling where you were at with my hands. I'm actually teaching my son to do it, and he's becoming really good at it. His teammates are getting mad at him because he's throwing them on their faces because they're leaning ahead too much. And then I would use the sli- excuse me the slingshot move. And then if you would overset, I'd counter inside real quick. Um, so- a lot of guys would start to overset because I tried to slingshot around them and then I'd counter inside real quick. Those were probably my top three that I would just, whatever I felt, whatever way you were leaning before the snap, wherever your eyeballs were looking, um, you know, I'd kind of I'd react and go off that real quick before the ball was ever snapped and then I'd just react to what you were doing. I'll never forget one time Callahan, we're doing a one-on-one pass rush. He goes, what move are you going to do? In my mind, I'm like, why are you coaching the D-line? Go coach the O-line. But he, he's like, what move are you going to do? I'm like, I have no idea. I got to see how he's standing, and I got to see what his weight's doing. He hated that answer. He just stared Mm. at me in disbelief. (laughs) He did not like that. He he wanted a plan, so he told me whatever move he told me to do, and I don't remember. And I got stonewalled, and I was pissed. I said, "Hey, coach, can I go again?" He goes, "What move you going to do?" I said, "Can I just can I just go?" (laughs) (laughs) He didn't like that. He liked that. I I remember that one on one pass rush very well because this individual o lineman was leaning way back on his heels, and so okay, I'm going to knock you. I'm going to knock you backwards. And he just—he never reset, and I was able to drive him completely back into the coach who was pretending to be the quarterback for this one-on-one pass rush. About knock the coach over, and I just kind of smirked at Callahan, and he was so pissed that it worked. He was so mad because I didn't have a like a per se plan of exactly what I was going to do, because to me, you've got to be able to feel and react and play off of instinct.
1: Uh, my
2: D-line coach with the Rams, he had Bruce Smith come in when he was with the Vikings and talk to his D-linemen, and he's like. Bruce was, was the greatest pass rusher in NFL history. And he goes, but he was terrible at coaching because he couldn't explain anything because he reacted to everything. And I don't know, I was always kind of the same way. I was just kind of reacting. I'm not Bruce Smith, but I kind of reacted to everything. And that was kind of, I don't know. I see guys, like they've got to move and they can't count a move. And they can't react to what the old linemans doing. And they just get stuck. That's what I saw a lot of last year.
0: Right. Now, when we get back, Terrell Farley, Adam Carricker, even Nick, you guys are going to be the head coach of Nebraska. And you're going to give me that first, but before they go out to practice, what do you tell the team? The ticket,
1: 93.7. Back with Vershawn Jackson on 93.7, The Ticket, and TheTicketFM.com.
0: The 3rd of September. That day I'll always remember. your yes, I my died. I never got a chance, chance to see it. never heard nothing but, but bad things, things about him. you hear that Mama, yeah, I'm depending on you to tell I mean, me the it, truth Mama just hung her head and said "Son, Papa was a rolling stone wherever he laid his hat was his home
1: and we he be Hey, we, nice, hey, nice hey one, gentlemen.
0: Hey, Adam, we be singing on this show, man. Coming up with I didn't new know you words. Could sing
1: so good, man. That
3: that was me,
0: Adam. Don't lose it. <laughs> so Don't quit your day job. <laughs> you well. So, so Adam, we'll start with you. Actually, Terrell, let's start with you because I want to kind of end it with Adam, but let's start with you. You are the head coach. Spring ball's about to start. What do you tell your team?
3: Let's work on some of the big mistakes we made last year. Let's clear them up and let's you know just go out and play smart football. You know, I'm going to use the Coach Osborne mentality because that's what I was raised on with him playing football. Just playing smart football, man. Just listen for the count. No stupid penalties, man. We did that a lot last year, and I think just play smart ball.
0: Play smart ball. What about you, Character? I, I got one. Real Nick, quick. hold on, Character. Go, Nick.
1: Every position
0: is open. Ooh, it's, it's, in, it's written in the sand. Every position is open. What do you got, Adam?
2: I like both those. I like every position is open. I like playing smart ball. I think in addition to those, something I would say is, you know, no matter what happens, we're going to be scrutinized this year. Everything's going to be watched. And everybody already knows, like, the players already know this, way, like, everything's going to be watched. Everything's going to be analyzed no matter what happens. We gotta stick together. Every day on that practice field we're gonna try to kick the crap out of each other. And but when we walk off that field, we're a band of brothers and we gotta have each other's back and pay attention to who you listen to. If respect your parents, respect everyone who truly cares about you, everyone else, the Sean Jacksons, the Farleys, the characters, don't pay attention to them. They're in the media, they ain't playing no more. Pay attention to the people in this football building. Nobody else really knows what's going on. I personally play with a guy in D.C. who let his dad influence him too much and erect a lot of things. So respect your parents, but it's the people in this football building that matter the most, and we got a band together this year and block out noise, whether it's good or whether it's positive or in the middle, because the people in this room, in this building, are what matter the most and know what truly is going on.
0: I would have said, and that's greatly put, I would have gave him the ABCs of football. And I would have included all you guys' deal, and I would have said, A, have the right attitude when you come out here to practice. I would have said, B, you have to believe in yourself, believe in each other, believe in your teammates, believe in the coaching, believe in the technique. And then, C, be committed to the process. Be committed to going hard. Be committed to practice. Be committed to one another. And the rest will take care of itself. It's the ticket. Adam Carriker joined us. T. Barley. Just
3: win, baby. Just
0: win, baby. <laughs> Until next week. I'm just kidding. Tomorrow, we got Aaron Davis in the building, Riley Washington in the building. Nick, take us out of here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet o fish
1: sandwich all day.